My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I believe in scratch cooking, fresh ingredients, and positive energy. Join me on this culinary journey as we discuss the weekend food, and I break down a recipe step-by-step for you to make it home. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. Good morning. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen, episode 14. Such a wonder to have you here. I am Nick Haskins. Welcome to my kitchen, where I talk about scratch-made food and positive energy. This is your first time listening to the show. Thank you so, so much for listening. I love you. Welcome. If you're a long-time listener of the show, somebody who's been here since the beginning, you know I love you. You are beautiful. You are all beautiful and amazing people. And I'm so, so glad that you took a little bit of your time whenever, wherever you're listening to this, just spend a little bit of time with me. Thank you. I really, from the bottom of my heart, I can't ever express anybody that just takes a little bit of time to listen to me and to hang out with me in my kitchen. It means the world to me. It really, really does. Today's episode comes out on the 22nd of February, and I have finally earmarked an end to the first season of this show. Now, when I did Restaurant, I broke it down into seasons because it was easier to manage, also easier budget-wise, to deal with going to restaurants and doing reviews and doing home cooking and all those kinds of things. And that's one facet of why I also want to do a season break for Nikolai's Kitchen, but also it's just a measure of sanity. Livestream for the Cure is coming up again May 19th through the 23rd, raising $15,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. All the information's down in the show notes. Hit those links, jump to those sites, and you can check that out. But it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort to put together the event. I'm constantly pulled in about a thousand different directions as the event goes on. And I think of the scope of the workload of the event, which grows every single year, and it just feels like it's kind of just like reaching over me so the show is going to go out of active production the end of the first season will be april 19th now what that means is you will not get these full-length episodes what you will still get is quick bites because quick bites are still relatively easy to put together i record them and then just kind of release them as i go i kind of bulk record them like the ones you've been hearing all month long in february i sat in one session and recorded them all all together So some of the stuff you're hearing about is like weeks and weeks or even months after I've talked about it. But that's kind of the the genesis of that. And that's kind of the way that that whole process works. So April 19th will be the season finale for season one. And then season two is going to begin on May 31st with a Memorial Day special, which will be all about barbecuing. It'll be Memorial Day here in the United States. What better day to talk about barbecuing, busting out the barbecue and all that stuff. Then on May 31st, it'll be absolutely perfect. It'll give me a good stretch of time after Livestream for the Cure to kind of recover and start getting prepared for the rest of the season. So over the coming weeks, I'm going to be announcing kind of the episode slate and the lineup for content that you guys can expect going forward throughout the rest of this season, including next week on the show, where I'm going to be joined by my first ever guest, which will be 
a very good friend of mine, Dan of Netflix and Swill, who's going to be here to talk about chicken tikka masala in the first ever installment of Table for Two. I also wanted to take a moment to finally, finally, finally announce that I am on Spotify after so much back and forth with Podbean support and trying to figure out what was going on. We finally nailed it down, and I'm finally on Spotify. The link is down in the show notes, and you can also find it over at NikolaisKitchen.com, where you can find all of my links for everything. But finally, at long last, it was literally the last place that I was trying to get the show listed. I'm pretty sure I've got it everywhere now. I'm pretty sure no matter what podcatcher you're using, or maybe if you're listening to this on something because you only could find it on whatever, you can find me pretty much anywhere now. So if you have a preferred app or preferred way to listen... I'm sure you can find me there. If not, please let me know. Make sure you let me know. Hit me up on social media at Nikolai's Kitchen, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and be like, hey, you're not listed on XYZ, and I will get that rectified for you. I also wanted to give a huge, huge shout out here to all of my patrons. You are all amazing. Thank you so much for your amazing support of the show. Now is the best time to sign up over on Patreon as well, especially for those of you on the VIP level, the top level over on Patreon. Those spring reward boxes are going to be coming out in mid-March, and I have decided on the sauces that are available for choice. So if you sign up between now and March 1st, you're still going to get into this. If you sign up after that, unfortunately, you're not going to be eligible for the spring reward, so keep that in mind. But you could also have your choice of three of the following. Garlic mustard wing sauce, honey garlic sriracha maple syrup, champagne mustard, red wine mustard, birch beer barbecue sauce, which was a very popular choice, and Carolina Reaper barbecue wing sauce, which is something that I've only kind of conceptualized in my head. I haven't actually ever made it. So I'm really, really excited because a lot of people really wanted that one as well. If you sign up, like I said, between now and March 1st, you're also going to be eligible to get that VIP reward box for the spring. So please head over to patreon.com. Again, link is down in the show notes and you can get access to that. Even if you don't want to sign up at that level or even if you can't, or if you just want to support the show at any level, you're going to get a lot of bonus content, including Spot the Lie episodes, which is this kind of podcast game show I do with Moxie of Your Brain on Facts, Sean Ennis of Ink and Ash, and Drew of the Real Feels Podcast. So make sure you check those out over on Patreon. Keep in mind they are not safe for work. There is also some other not safe for work content on Patreon, including the most recent bonus episode I did, which I also released for all patrons, has a little bit of blooper stuff at the end, like bloopers of me recording the show and getting really frustrated when I don't nail a delivery like the first or even the tenth time at times. (laughs) But please head over there and sign up if you want to support the show. It is because of my amazing patrons that I've never had to pay a cent out of my own pocket to do this show. You guys provide for that, and it's all absolutely amazing, and I thank you so, 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 so much. Today's positivity segment was something that I had been doing some reading, and I wanted to clarify something about the positivity segment here on the show, and I really think that this is already a a, a strong part of what I do here, but positivity doesn't mean the absence of negativity, at least not to me. And I know there's this phrase, toxic positivity, that you might have heard about getting bounced around out there, and I don't want that to be my show. I don't want that to be anyone's experience with listening to my show. I don't ever want you to sweep 
everything under the rug and just blanket over everything with positivity and ignore negative feelings, ignore bad things, ignore everything that might be happening in your life. That is not my aim. That is not my intention. Rather, I want you to embrace it. I want you to resolve negativity. Get those feelings out there in the open, like we talked about recently with accountability. You know, I definitely need to be more accountable. I identify this is a negative behavior. This is a negative feeling I'm having. And how can I resolve this? I want to be open and I want to be honest about what's going on in my life. And a lot of the reason I do it, and I don't just do it to share it with you guys, but I do it for my own good. This is my mirror, ostensibly. I put this up there and I record this audio. And then when I edit the show together and I listen back to it, it's like me, you know, telling myself, like, Nick, it's okay. You can do this. It's okay to feel these negative feelings. It's okay if you're struggling with some things. It's okay that not everything is perfect in life. We all have stresses. We all have stuff that we're dealing with all the time. Life is tough. Life has been tougher in the wake of this pandemic and everything. Like life has just been really complicated for a lot of people lately. And it's okay to feel the stresses of that. And I acknowledge toxic positivity. And I acknowledge that that is definitely a thing because there are people who will do that to the detriment of everything, who will be so overwhelmingly positive that they'll just ignore everything else. Like, no, you know, bury those feelings deep down, negative feelings, just bury them deep down. Just try to smooth over them, cover them over with positive energy and positive sentiments, which is great. It's great if you're being positive, but not at the expense of your own emotional health. If all you're doing is burying something down, you're not really resolving it, are you? And then it's just going to find a way to percolate and bubble and come back to the surface. And then you're just going to kind of explode and that negative action or that negative emotion or that negative activity is going to weigh on you. Don't ever hide who or what you are. Don't ever hide negativity or negative feelings down inside of you. Put them out there in the open. You don't necessarily have to do it in a quote unquote public space like I do here or over on social media. But for me, that's my method to really look at myself. I'm a very long-winded person, as you guys are extremely well aware, if you've ever listened to this show or seen anything I've ever posted anywhere on social media. I love words. It's why I got an English degree, you know? But I want to acknowledge, I want to see this is a way I'm feeling. This is something that's in my mind right now. I'm struggling with my weight. I have struggled with my weight for a long time. Now, I lost, in the peak of my drop to sugar, 125 pounds. And I did gain a little bit of it back. I'm moving in the right direction now. I'm getting out and getting more exercise now, even in spite of the cold weather, doing the 120 challenge. But it's tough. I've been doing yoga a lot with my girlfriend, which is really amazing because she designed this whole February program for us to do together. And I love her so much for that and for how supportive she is. Surround yourself with supportive people who lift you up emotionally. That's also something really, really important. Somebody who validates you, who validates your feelings. If all somebody wants to do is tell you that the way that you feel isn't valid, well, that's not going to help you at all, is it? Because then all you're going to do is you're going to take those feelings and you're going to just bury them down inside of you until they explode out or they erupt out in other ways. That's never good. 
And it's never healthy. And you should never, ever, ever do that to yourself. Be true to who you are. It's okay to feel bad. What's not okay, and the kind of negativity that I really rail against, and the kind of negativity that I want to make sure everyone expels, is negativity for the sake of being negative. Attacking people for no reason. Attacking people because they're different from you. Purposely sowing negativity just so you can bring others down or make them unhappy. Being toxic. Like, what good does that do anyone? Don't be that person. And if you have that kind of person in your life, then you need to disassociate yourself from that person as quickly as possible because all they're going to do is do everything they can to undercut you and drag you down. And you don't need that. Understand that it's okay to not feel the best sometimes. That it's okay if you feel negative sometimes, especially about yourself. I've been pushing myself really, really hard lately. I've been stressing myself out about Livestream for the Cure, about this show, about everything that I've got going on. Because I want to do more. Like I constantly am just driven by this need to do more. And I get into myself and I tear into myself because I'm not doing more. Even though at times I'm physically incapable of it. Like there just literally isn't enough time in the day. I am one person with two arms and two eyes and one brain. Sometimes one brain. (laughs) It's okay to have negative feelings. Put them out there. Embrace them. Recognize and understand. This is a way that I'm feeling. Ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why am I having this feeling? And then find a way to understand, to acknowledge, and to move past it. To work to move past it. And it's a continual process. It's a process that's always going to be happening. You're always going to have to work to get through these things. Just do the absolute best you can by you. Love yourself. Wrap yourself in a blanket of love and positive energy. And just be kind to yourself and be good to yourself. That's all it takes. It's just important to me that we all stay emotionally healthy and that we all work toward a better future and a better life together. I am here for you as I know you are here for me. Even if you're not saying anything back to this, even if you don't respond back to this and say, Nick, I understand, but you're still listening. And if you're nodding along right now as you listen, I hear you and I appreciate you. And I'm so, so, so grateful for you. Thank you for everything that you do, for the battles that you're fighting, even if they're battles that no one else knows about. You're strong. I believe in you. And you can overcome. You can get through to the other side. Just embrace all of it. Recognize it. Conquer it. Going to go ahead and run into a quick break here. I'm going to play another promo here for my good friend Gerald of Two Peas on a Podcast for his Golden Peas Awards. I believe the deadline is coming up on March 1st to get your votes in if you want to weigh in. Just head over to the link in the show notes or go to twopeaceonapod.com and right there in the top banner, you'll see the Golden Peas. Just click on there and you can vote 
in all of those categories. And I'm actually going to be on with Gerald. We're going to be recording very, very soon, actually, the day that I'm recording this later today, about the top dinner or meal scenes in movies. So I really, really can't wait. That'll probably be available on his feed sometime in March or maybe April. I'm not sure exactly what his release window is looking like, but he always records stuff way, way ahead of time. So also, I do want to mention that I got a chance to sit down with Melissa of the Brook Reading Podcast, one of my favorite people. She's absolutely wonderful. She's a literature nerd, just like I am. We got to sit down for two hours and talk about Eugene O'Neill's A Long Day's Journey in tonight. And it was a fantastic conversation. I really got to kind of channel my inner book nerd. And I really encourage you to give it a listen, especially if you're somebody who is really into literature, especially if you're into things like tragedy and drama, please, please give it a listen. Keep in mind, it is not safe for work, as is my guest spot with Gerald, I'm sure. So make sure that you keep those in mind, my audience, when you're tuning into those. But whenever those are available, I will make the links available here on the show. Please check out this promo for Two Piece on a Podcast. And then when I come back, it's time to get into the featured recipe for this week, which is homemade pasta and chicken parm. This meal was to die for. I cannot wait to tell you guys all about it. I'll see you soon. Hello, listeners. I want to talk to you for one second real quick about the Golden Pea Movie Awards, referred to lovingly as the Golden Peas. Every year, I take the opportunity to celebrate the year in film, and 2020 is no different. Please head over to twopeasonapod.com slash golden peas and find all of the nominees as well as links to a ballot that you can use to vote voting is open from january 29th until march 1st of 2021 we feature all of the main categories that you will find at shows like the golden globes and the oscars but we pull the film and twitter and podcast community to get those nominees and as you know they are chosen by you so please cast a ballot head over once again, it's two peas on a pod.com slash golden peas. We love movies and we love celebrating movies, and we hope you come to the party this year. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to the show today. I appreciate it more than you could ever know. If you really want to help the show out, the best thing that you can do to get me into more ears is head down to the show notes, click the link for Apple Podcasts. And leave me a five-star rating and review. It really, really does help me. It will help get me into more ears. And I have to play the Apple algorithm game. That is just the way that it is in order to get out there. So please head down to the show notes, click that link, and leave me a quick review. The link will take you right to the page. You just have to log in, boom, punch it in there, and it will be good as gold. Thank you so, so much. Whenever you do leave a review, I will shout you out here on the show. So please keep that in mind. I would love to show you a little love on the show. It's time to jump over into the featured recipe for today, and that is homemade pasta and chicken parm. Now, the chicken parm is really secondary to the homemade pasta because that's really what I want to focus on here, but I want to do so with a small caveat. That the last few times I've made homemade pasta, they have not set up the best, including the last attempt I made before the one I'm going to talk about today, in which I ran out of semolina flour, and then I just kept adding water to the mix instead of more egg, and I ended up with giant weedy pasta tentacles. (laughs) They were not the best. They were definitely not the best. Even this most recent time when I made pasta, it just, it still turns out too thick. I cannot get the dough worked to a point, rolling it by hand, and maybe this is just one of those things if you're rolling pasta by hand, 
that I just can't get it to the thickness that I would like, which I want a relatively thin-ish pasta. I don't want it to be huge, thick noodles. Now, these ones were much, much, much thinner than the ones that I had made previously that I refer to as those weedy pasta tentacles. They weren't even close to that big, but some of them still ended up a bit thicker than I wanted them to be. Now, I do have a kind of reason as to why, because I've been doing a lot of reading about different methods for making homemade pasta and different things that you can do. And there are also a lot of schools of thought in terms of homemade pasta, including just egg and flour, no water or anything like that. No semolina flour, just all-purpose all flour. Using egg yolks versus using whole eggs. When it comes to homemade pasta, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong way to do it, but I do think that there are ways that you can get it more right. But my pasta recipe is one cup of semolina flour, three quarters of a cup of all-purpose flour, eight egg yolks, one and a half teaspoons of olive oil, and two tablespoons of red wine. You can also use water or milk here. Now, this is something that I did a lot of reading of because when I made it specifically over the weekend, I did include salt. And then I did a lot of reading about salt specifically in doughs. And in bread dough, you're letting the gluten take a long time to set up. So you don't really necessarily need to worry about it. In pasta dough, however, because you're usually setting it up pretty quickly, the salt can kind of counteract the gluten forming the way that it needs to and can kind of slow that process a little bit. And so salt can actually kind of hinder if you add it to pasta dough when you're making it. So instead of adding it to the dough itself, I actually omitted it from the ingredients here for that purpose. Add it to your water when you're boiling pasta. You want to make sure you're boiling in a salted water, not just plain water, because that's when you're going to really be adding flavor to your pasta. So to make pasta dough, you're going to mound your flours together on a countertop and create a well in the center. So this should basically be a volcano. And the well needs to be wide and tall enough to hold all of the eggs and liquids that you're going to add to this thing here. Add your egg yolk, your olive oil, and half of the red wine. So only add one tablespoon of this here. Reserve the other tablespoon if you need it. You may not. I think I said tablespoon. I don't care. I'm on a roll. <laughs> you're going to take your fork and you're just going to kind of break up the eggs in the middle. And just kind of begin stirring everything together, pulling the flour in from the sides. You want to try to keep the well together so you're not spilling your oil and egg mixture and all that stuff down the sides. Just keep stirring, keep mixing this together until basically it's becoming too thick and too unwieldy to continue doing this. And then you're going to start cutting the flour into it with your hands. Okay, keep working the dough, incorporate all of the flour in here. Keep working it until you get a nice ball of dough where everything's together and it's not too flaky and you don't have little bits falling off of it. If you do, this is where you're going to add the rest of that red wine or rest of the tablespoon of liquid, whatever you have. Once you've got your dough, you're going to knead this. You're going to work it. Press the dough out with the heel of your hand. Just keep pressing it out from center. Keep working it for 12 to 15 minutes until the dough gets silky smooth. Once your dough is done, you're going to wrap it in plastic wrap tightly, like wrap up the ends and everything like that, and let it rest for 30 to 60 minutes. When it's time to roll out the pasta dough, if you have a pasta roller, use it. I have never used one. I had the opportunity to use one, but I was also trying to get a meal prepped and finished and get everybody fed. And I didn't want to sit and fuss with something that I've never used before that I'm not familiar with. I definitely want to use one and get more familiar with it, but I just have to kind of get there first. So you're going to lightly flour your countertop, take your ball of dough, cut it into thirds, and you're going to keep the remainder wrapped up until you're ready to use it. 
So you're going to use a rolling pin and continue working this and roll it out into a long rectangular shape. Turn it over and dust it with flour as necessary and keep working it. Roll it out to your desired thinness. This is where you're going to need to put in a little bit of work. This, this to me is even more work than the kneading stages because I'm really, really working that rolling pin trying to get this flat. And I've just, I swear, I've never gotten one as flat as I would like it, at least not consistently all the way across it. So keep working this. I may actually try to quarter the dough and do it in fourths instead. Like maybe if I'm working with less of the dough overall, maybe I'll try that next time I make the pasta. So continue working the dough and rolling it out into a long rectangular shape. It should be relatively narrow in terms of width and then very long. Okay, and then you're going to dust this with flour and then fold it over itself over and over in about three inch sections until you fold it all in and then just use a sharp knife and cut very small strips out of the dough. And then when you unwrap them, boom, there's your pasta noodles done and done. You just kind of pick them up gently and just kind of toss them about. And it's going to unfold them. And there you go. That's your, that's your pasta. That's beautifully, beautifully made. I once made this and you'll see in the episode art for this because the pictures I took of the chicken parm I made over the weekend were not the best. Sometimes my food photography game is on point. Sometimes it is dismal, <laughs> very, very dismal. So I actually made homemade pasta over the summer where I rolled out a whole sheet and then I cut long strips. I didn't do the fold over part, long strips. And then I took each individual strip and I rolled it by hand in my hands into spaghetti noodles. Now it looks great and it tasted fantastic, but it took like three hours to make two portions of spaghetti. <laughs> Please don't do this. Please don't ever do this ever. It is not worth it. It is 100% not worth it. It is, however, the most consistent I've ever had pasta turn out, but that's because I'm manipulating and working each and every single noodle by hand. Just don't, don't do it. You're going to repeat this process for the rest of your dough until you have a nice big pile of fresh pasta. And, you know, meanwhile, while you're doing this, you know, get a large pot of water, get it boiling, add salt in to taste. Once it's in a rolling boil, drop your pasta in. And it's only going to take a couple of minutes. It's not going to take nearly as long as store-bought pasta is because this is already pretty soft. Okay? Just let it boil. Get it to your desired softness. I like my pasta to still be a little bit al dente because then I finish it in the pasta sauce. But you cook this to your desired doneness and then strain it out. Boom. You're done. Homemade pasta done and dusted. Taste it. If you've never made homemade pasta, taste it and then understand why you will never want to buy pasta from the store again, even though I still do. And I still do it. I'm not judging anyone that does. I still buy it all the time because it's just, it's so much easier. It's so much easier. It's so much more convenient to just have store-bought pasta on hand to just boil some water and chuck it in. But whenever you do get the opportunity, whenever you're making a special meal, or I always do it when I'm making lasagna because rolling out a sheet of pasta is nothing. Rolling out a lasagna sheet is nothing. Takes no time at all. And the difference is night and day. So to go with the featured recipe this week of homemade pasta, I wanted to just go through the whole chicken parm recipe that I made. Uh, we went over to our friend Jen's house, myself and Rebecca and her daughter, and everything turned out fantastic and everything was completely made from scratch. I even made homemade bread. Go back to episode 10 if you want to check out my homemade bread recipe. I made two decent sized loaves of French bread and then I just cut one in half and then halved it lengthwise and then got some unsalted butter melted about a half a stick of unsalted butter with a ton of parsley and a little bit of salt and a ton of garlic. Brushed all that on and then just kicked it under the broiler for a few minutes and made homemade garlic bread for this as well. I want to talk for a moment about 
marinara sauce because there are again same thing with pasta there's a lot of different schools of thought in terms of marinara sauce whenever i'm making a pasta dish specifically i like to go for a richer heartier sauce i use things like red wine i add things like tomato paste because i want density i want a lot of rich kind of tomato flavor if i'm making something like a pizza sauce i'm making it bare bones i'm using probably half of these ingredients if not less than that actually i'm looking at the list i'm pretty sure it's half or less than half i don't know i'd have to actually calculate it out but this is how i made the pasta sauce that i made over the weekend i just drizzle a little bit of olive oil and toss some butter into a dutch oven at medium heat then you're going to add your onions and you're going to cook them for a few minutes. Sprinkle some salt in there to sweat them out a little bit. Cover them and reduce the heat to low. Let them saute for 15 to 20 minutes. You just want them to be nicely softened and caramelized. Take the cover off. Turn your heat back up to mid. Then you're going to add your garlic, basil, and oregano in here. Just cook it for one minute. Keep stirring everything. You don't want anything to burn here, but all you're going to start to perfume that basil, that oregano, and that garlic into that. Oh, just the aromas that you're going to start to unleash are amazing. Then you're going to add your tomato paste in here. Again, stir it until it's well incorporated with everything. This is going to be very, very thick. Then you're going to add in your red wine and olive oil. Stir to incorporate everything. Let it bubble for just a minute or so. Just get everything stirred and incorporated together. Then what I like to do is those 90-ounce cans of San Marzano tomatoes, those big, massive boys that you can buy. I get my hand right in there, and I just crush the San Marzano tomatoes by hand. I like a chunky marinara sauce i want chunks of tomato in there if you're not somebody that does and you've got a stick blender especially when i make pizza sauce i do this but i take a stick blender and just stick it right in the whole can and just obliterate the whole thing just pulverize it all until it's a nice tomato sauce i don't do that for marinara though because i want that thick chunky tomato in there Add all the San Marzano tomatoes in there, and then you're going to stir everything together, let it start to come to a bubble, and then turn it back to low and cover it. Let it slow cook at least 30 minutes. I usually go anywhere from 60 to 120 minutes. I really let this slow cook and come together. Take the cover off periodically, stir it. You don't want anything burning to the bottom of the pan here, but you should have olive oil in there that should kind of protect that bottom layer of the pan a little bit. Somewhere during this process, I usually do it about an hour in. If you're reproducing this, you're going to want to do it wherever you feel comfortable. But that's when you're going to add your seasoning, your final seasonings, your salt, pepper, and your sugar. I usually do for this amount of sauce, probably about one to two tablespoons of salt, two to three tablespoons of pepper, and just about a teaspoon of sugar. Just a little bit of sugar to kind of wake up those tomatoes. But I love pepper especially, and I do black and red pepper blends at different times, and then other times I'll just do black pepper. Depends on what I have available. This time I just did all black pepper. You're just going to let that slow cook until... You feel like everything's kind of incorporated and then you can just kind of let the sauce sit, let it sit on warm and just kind of stay warm. Just stir it periodically. Again, make sure nothing burns and move on to the other steps of your meal. For the chicken breasts, I actually took a page out of Rebecca's book and turned these halfway into Parmesan crusted chicken. But I took six chicken breasts, I trimmed them and then pounded them to about a half an inch flat. Took three cups of panko breadcrumbs, a cup of fresh Parmesan cheese, one and a half cups of all-purpose flour. Three eggs just lightly beaten together, salt, pepper, and olive oil. You mix your Parmesan cheese and your panko together. Add your salt and pepper to your flour and mix that together. And then you're going to dredge your flattened chicken breasts one by one in the flour, then into the egg, 
and then into your panko and cheese mixture. Once they're well coated in flour, move them to the egg, then to the panko again once that's well covered. And then once it's well covered in panko and cheese, you're going to just set it aside on a platter or on a baking tray, whatever, for five to ten minutes. Just let it rest. Let that coating stick to the chicken. If you just throw this straight into the pan right away, your coating's actually going to fall off. Like, have you ever eaten chicken where you've breaded it and then the whole breading, like everything just comes completely off? probably hit the heat too soon after it was breaded. So let it rest, let it sit for a bit, and that coating is going to stay right where it belongs. Once everything is kind of prepared, you're going to get a large skillet, drizzle some olive oil in there, and get it up to mid-high. Okay. Once your oil is nice and hot, you're going to get a nice shimmer, and you're going to see little wisps of smoke coming off of there. Get that chicken in there. Cook it until it's nicely brown and it's going to flip over. You only need three to four minutes aside here since you pounded this chicken out. Okay. Once it's done, you're going to take it and return it to a baking tray. Then you're going to top it with two slices of mozzarella cheese. Get about a quarter of an inch thick mozzarella. And then a nice generous little pile of Parmesan cheese kind of spread out over the top. Stick it under the broiler for maybe one to two minutes. You just want the cheese to get melty and nicely browned. Don't leave it in there too long. I promise you it will burn quickly. So make sure you keep an eye on it so that way you're not overdoing it, melting the cheese. Your chicken's already done. You basically just need to melt the cheese over it at this point. And once you're done, and I didn't plate this well enough, and this is why my pictures did not turn out well. But if you want your pictures to turn out better than mine did, you're just going to stick a small portion of pasta in the center of the plate. Add a quarter of a cup of sauce. Add your chicken over the top. Add another quarter of a cup of sauce over the chicken. Grate a little bit of extra Parmesan cheese over the top if you want to. And then serve. I love making chicken parm. This is one of my absolute favorite dishes to make. And there's something special about this. There's something special about food in general, and that's one of the things that I love about this show, and one of the things that I love about the journey that this show is letting me go on, and that's examining and exploring scratch-made foods. That's examining and exploring what a plate tastes like when every element of it, and like I said, even the garlic bread, the bread was made from scratch. When every single element that you make is made from scratch, number one, you just feel so much more connected to it. You just feel so much more a part of the dish when you've made every single element of it, when you've spent hours working every element. And I know not everybody has the time for this, and I know it's time-consuming, and I know it's a pain sometimes, but that's okay. You don't always have to do everything from scratch. You don't always have to be, as Rebecca calls me, extra, because I definitely am sometimes. <laughs> you don't always have to be. You can get the store-bought pasta, you know? You can do things to save time, especially if you're trying to feed kids. You can do everything that you can to save time. But every once in a while, there's just a magic that happens. When you do every single thing from scratch and put it on a plate together, it is heaven. Absolute heaven. This meal turned out to die for. There was such a rich earthiness in that pasta sauce, just that red wine just adds all those different kind of grounded, peppery, earthy flavors to it. And then you've got like a tiny pinch of sweetness from that sugar, really waking those tomatoes up. You get like that buttery flavor in there. And then you get the kind of sweetness of that onion, the pungency of that garlic, that basil, the freshness. Just think about fresh basil, the smell and the oh, taste of fresh basil. It's nothing in the world like it. That pasta, I can't really describe fresh pasta 
and do it justice. It's got like the richness of that egg yolk in there and just a freshness. Like if you ever taste store-bought pasta, you probably never, ever notice the difference in it. But when you taste homemade pasta next to it, there's just a staleness to it or a, a kind of machine-ish quality to your store-bought pasta. But that's because it's mass produced for what it is, you know? And it's like I said, it's not bad, but homemade pasta there's just a freshness to it that just when you taste it your mind takes you to just something completely different i can't even do it justice describing it i really really wish i had the words and then you have that crisp breading over your chicken that nuttiness that saltiness of that parmesan cheese that amazing stretch that amazing milkiness of that mozzarella all of it coming together in a single bite just a dream just an absolute dream. Please try this recipe out. Please make this and then let me know over on social media. Let me know how it came out for you. I would really, really love to hear from you and let me know how it came out. And that is going to do it for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. I love your beautiful faces. Thank you so, so much for, again, taking a little bit of your time to listen to me talk about food. This coming Thursday, you're going to get another quick bite. And this one's going to be on homemade salsa. Now, it's not going to be the black bean and corn salsa that I talked about a few weeks ago. No, this is going to be more in the vein of a traditional salsa with lime and cilantro that is blended down. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And then again, next Monday on the show, the next brand new episode, episode 15, will be the first edition of Table for Two featuring Dan of Netflix and Swill and Chicken Tikka Masala. I'm really, really excited to make that and to talk to Dan about that recipe because I know it's something that he really, really loves. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to the show. You are amazing. Go out there today with love in your hearts. Treat others with kindness and treat yourself above all with love and kindness. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're doing, I know you can do this and I believe in you. Never, ever, ever doubt that somebody out there believes in you because I do. And I know you can do this. And don't ever hesitate to reach out if you just need a little encouragement. Or if you just need to get a little bit of that negativity, like I talked about earlier, off of your chest. If you have some negativity, if you have something that you're battling or something that you're facing, don't hide it away. Don't bury it down. Put it out there in the world. Put it out there in front of you. Find your mirror. This show is my mirror. What's your mirror? Find your mirror. Get it out there and take care of it. I love you. You are beautiful. You are amazing. I thank you so, so, so much for coming on this journey with me. 